like we do this every time where Clara goes, and we're going, and then Jenna goes, wait, we're going? <laughs> I love it. Close, press record, like eight <laughs> okay. Sorry. Welcome back. Welcome to, and welcome from, to your conversations, the podcast. Where we talk about crime, conspiracies, kids, cults, chocolate, killers, and crumpets. Ooh. Is that like Anyone? a... W- tell me why, An instead English of picturing crumpet? a crumpet, I thought of a trumpet made out of bread. <laughs> a scone crumpet? Mm-hmm. I mean, scone trumpet? Scrumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I'm Jenna. I'm Sophie. How was your week, Sophie, before we get into our murder of today? I feel like every time we start, it's just like a little complaining sesh, and I apologize, but I'm just going to talk about yesterday. Okay. Yesterday? <laughs> Yesterday was a great day. It <laughs> snowed, <laughs> which was beautiful. And then I was just leaving school, and I get to my car, and there's a little teeny yellow envelope. Mm. It was a little present, some yeah. money. It said $25. You got $25. <sighs> no, I got a $25 parking ticket. <laughs> I literally, like, half cried like the whole drive home you know like my eyes were full of tears and i was making the ugly face but i wasn't actually crying for like 40 minutes it's and like, i l- went to the bank and then i literally like went in there and i was fine and then i got back out and i was like <laughs> you know for sure it's like the humiliation it is and there was people standing right there and i was like Ugh. you're like let me just let me just pick this up real fast. my dad's like take it to court and be like i legally have to go to school and i'm here so where do you want me to park he's like tell them there's nowhere to park i'm a broke student who can't afford to pay to park so what should i do i know i feel so bad for kids who have to park downtown every every day day. yeah that would be rough rough and tough how was the rest of your week besides your parking ticket so then yesterday i went to work Mm. and i got a text from my friend she's like can you come in early the cook is sick and i was like So I come in early and they're like, also, can you stay late? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. I'd love to stay late. And then I was like, the first two hours I was there, I was just thinking about how I'm working for free because I'm paying for my parking ticket, right? Because I make minimum wage. And so I'm pretty much just hanging out paying for my parking (laughs) ticket. And then, um, okay, it was fine. And then at the end of the night, uh, like we're closed. Like there's still people in there, but like, I closed, I was in the kitchen, I cleaned everything, I had wrapped everything, put all the food away, like restocked, put it all away, cleaned everything, and this lady was like wasted, she was like so drunk, and my manager and her were like just hanging out, I don't know, I don't think they knew each other beforehand, but the lady was like, like so drunk, and then she, she's like, I used to be a pizza maker, and I was, we're like, cool, and she's like, let me make a pizza, and then she comes back into the kitchen, <laughs> Which is, like, kind of open in, like, the restaurant. Like, you can see us in there, if that makes sense. It's just, like, counters and, like, glass and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she comes back there, and I get her a thing of dough, and I put flour on the counter that I just scraped and scrubbed. I was like, whatever. And then I, like, had to put wood on the fire because it's wood fire pizza and the fire was out or, like, going out. And then I, like, got her board and everything, and she was like, I got it, I got it. And I was like, okay. And then she's like... She's like, let me get this stuff. And I was like, all right. And I was like, what do you want? Red sauce? And I like got everything out. I was like, unwrapped all the food that I just wrapped and restocked. And I got it out. And I was like, she's like, I want black olives. And I was like, okay. 
and then I like got the black olives out. And she so your was, manager like, like made you do it? She was just like sitting there watching it. And I was like, whatever, like I have to, it's yeah. a customer. And then she was like, the customer's always right. she's like, no. are these Kalamana? And I was like, no, they're black olives. She's like, Greek? And I was like, black olives. She's like, Kalamana. She's like, so drunk. Like literally. And I was like, no, black olives. And then she's like, I want pepperoni. So I get pepperoni. And I was like, do you want to put pepperoni on first? Because you don't put pepperoni after the toppings. Like that's, you know? You pizza the- 101 yeah and she's like no i got it i got it and i was like okay and i get her the- she's like oh wild mushrooms and i was like okay so i get her wild mushrooms and she's just like oh i like put the wood on the fire whatever and then i was like do you want to put it in she's like yeah i got it i used to be- make pizzas and i was like okay and so she like goes to put it in and like doesn't do it very well i don't know if it was her but whatever or like kind of got stuck to the board or something and like it was kind of weirdly shaped and this other girl that was in the kitchen with me was, she's like, what happened? And the other girl was like, oh, I think it just got stuck to the board a little bit when you put it in. She's like, I bet it was my teacher. And she turns to me and she's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, fine. If you're so great, why don't you clean up this mess and I'll go home. But I was just like, huh, okay, thanks. <laughs> and then I cleaned everything up and then I went home. And then, oh, but she was like, I should make pieces again. You guys should hire me because I got, I lost my job today. And I was like, said you shouldn't no. have been so mean to me. <laughs> you shouldn't have been cussing at me from the start. I was like, feel bad you lost your job, but also, mm. you're like, but do I feel that bad? <laughs> no. It was so wasted. And then her husband was like, thank you so much. And I was like, isn't that crazy i was like what and then my friend taylor texted me and she's like call me and i was like i'm at work and she's like it's a full moon it's been crazy and i was like what and she was like this lady was like almost fainting and i tried to give her water and she refused and then there was a guy doing drugs in the bathroom and he stripped naked and i had to call the cops (laughs) does she work at starbucks yeah in qfc so (laughs) and i was like dude I just had a crazy customer, too. <laughs> crazy. Anyway. There's this one guy that's been, like, to the Y a lot this week. And he's probably, like, in his 50s. And he's, like, in good shape. But he'll, like, go in the hot tub. And white guys will go in there. And they'll be in there for, like, 30 minutes. They literally look like a tomato. I'm like, you Ew. literally look like you're going to pass out. Like, you were so hot. Yeah. Um, And then they come. This guy comes out. And he's, like, leaning against the railing, like, panting. And I'm like, if I... If you pass out, sir. I'm like, if you have heat exhaustion right now, I forgot what to do in training. So I hope, just kidding, I do know what to do. It's one of the only things. And he um, comes out and I'm like, um, can, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. It was just, I just got up too fast. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, <sighs> I'm like, this is us going up the stairs. Everyone's like, are you all right? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do. But, and then I had all these kids come in, oh my gosh, last night, and there was these two little kids who were, like, probably one or, no, they were not one. They were, like, two. And they were so cute, but so annoying. Like, they were adorable, but they literally sounded like dog toys when, squeaky dog toys when you step on them. It was like, the kids? Yeah. When you step on them? Oh, the dog toys when you step on them. (laughs) No, when you step on the kids. I thought your sentence was, they sound like dog toys when you step on them <laughs> this is why commas are important <laughs> oh, that's so funny 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. That's good. Work stories. Work stories. If you don't work a job, I feel like everyone help. should work. Even if you, you don't should, have to. You like should have one to have day a customer service job at least once in your life. So you have to, you know what it's like on the other side. You can tell the people that have never worked a tip job because they don't tip you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know my friend, before we get started, my friend Mackenzie was talking about how she works at Anthem. Uh-huh. And for all these construction workers, she made, um, they made like 11 breakfast sandwiches and like 11 drinks. And it was Whoa. like $100. Dang. And they did not tip a cent. <gasps> that is so mean. <laughs> they literally had 40 cents change and he kept it. I was uh, like, you literally suck. That is terrible. <laughs> I was like, you could have given them 40 cents. Yeah, anything. Kept the 40. Who even wants change? I know. I was like, I would have let him keep it. Us students kind of have an excuse, though. Sometimes I'm like, do I really have to tip? I just paid $7, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, whatever. No, I'll, like, buy a $5 coffee, and I'm like, a dollar tip is suitable. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to stop. But I'm like, they just, they're so nice. They're yeah. Like, oh. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Hopefully, when I work a tip job in the future, it'll repay me. Yay. That's what it's about. Doing good things, guys. As long as it benefits you. Good karma. Just kidding. <clears throat> Only be nice so it can come back to you. <laughs> Not out of the kindness of your heart, but out of your own selfish pursuits. <laughs> But out of the hole in your pocket. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just get into it. I'm going to do Amanda Knox. Because I'm supposed to be really excited, but woo, woo. Clara's not listening. And Jenna. Amanda Bynes. I already told her. Clara's looking at a book of insects. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Amanda Knox grew up in Seattle, Washington. I've heard of it. you guys didn't know. I don't know if you've heard of her, but... <laughs> Uh, she had three younger sisters, and her mom was a mathematics teacher, and her father was a vice president of finance at Macy's. They, divor- okay. uh, they divorced when she was a few years old. She was really young, and she had a stepfather married to her mom. Uh, she traveled to Italy at, f- at first at the age of 15, and she visited Rome, Pisa, um, the Amalfi Ooh. Coast, and the ruins of Pompeii on a family holiday. Her interest in the country was increased by the book under the tuscan sun which was given to her by her mother i've only seen the movie but it is a good movie she graduated in 2005 from seattle preparatory school and studied linguistics at the university of washington washington (laughs) where in 2007 she made the university's dean's list pretty cool she worked at part-time jobs to fund an academic year in Italy. Relatives described her as outgoing but unwary when she was 20 years old. Her stepfather had strong reservations because she he felt that she was too naive. How wise can you really be at 20? <laughs> I was going to say, like, what do you expect her to be, like a Dumbledore, sort of? <laughs> She's like, oh, I know all of the ways of the world. Uh, so she went to Perugia, I think it's how Ooh. you say it. Possibly. She lived in a four-bedroom, ground-floor apartment um, in a house with three other women. So her flatmates were Kircher, was, is the last name of the girl, uh, who was a British exchange student, and two Italian trainee lawyers in their late 20s. Ooh. So Kircher and Knox moved in on September 10th, um, 2007. They met each other then for the first time. That'd be so 
so crazy i've never met like three of your roommates i'm freaking scared to have a roommate in college i'm like what yeah. if they try and murder me? what if they're a terrible roommate i know i'm afraid and am i gonna be a good roommate i don't know i haven't shared a room since i was like five yeah i guess i can hope i will be but That's imagine strange. you have like a i if you had someone who like peed on your pillows or something ew i'm just saying it could happen that's really gross or like is a hoarder Ugh, that'd be so gross or just someone that's not clean like if you're sharing i like my room is not always clean but if you're sharing a space with someone yeah no my room is never dirty in the sense that there's like it's gross it's yeah. just messy it's just clothes yeah it's I like don't cluttered clothes yeah Blech. i don't put my clothes away it's all on the floor i never want to and then you have the chair in your room. The, I was just going to say, the one chair that you can't sit on. But your dorm room doesn't have a chair, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Hang it up. Um, so she was employed at a part-time bar, Le Chic, mm. <clears throat> which is owned by Congolese man Daya Patrick Lumumba. She told the flatmates that she was going to quit, though, because he wasn't payer, but he denied this. Lumumba. 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 Excuse me, La Mamba. <laughs> Kircher, um, Kircher, the English woman, her her other friends who were also English saw little of Amanda, um, who preferred to hang out with Italians. Amanda did. <laughs> Sounds like you. I moves to Italy, is naive, and loves Italians. Can relate. <laughs> uh, so Kircher went with Knox to the Euro Chocolate Festival yeah Ooh, i'm very on interested. october 20th uh kircher became romantically involved with Salenzi. was his name that's his last name though <clears throat> after going to a nightclub with him as part of a small group that included knox another man named guade guade but i don't know remember those names Salenzi and guade <laughs> gude goad that was someone at our school's name g U E D E G U E D E Guede? I would say Guede. That's Guede? A, that's a weird name though. Visi- uh, we say with the weirdest <clears throat> names of all. So. Yeah. They had the a basement in their apartment that they would kind of hang out in. So uh Guede visited the basement later that day. On October twenty fifth, Kircher and Knox went to a concert where Knox met Raphael solicito uh sorry <laughs> rough it's like hard because i read over this and then i don't read like the names out loud i'm like ah oh, rafael solicito this happens to me every episode yeah and he was a 23 year old software engineer student so she became spending a lot of her time at his flat which was only five minutes away so November 1st was a public holiday and the Italians living in the house were away. It's believed that after watching a movie at some friend's house, Kircher went home around 9 p.m. that evening and was alone in the house. Just after midday on November 2nd, Amanda called Kircher's English phone, but though Kircher kept the phone in her jeans and could always be reached on it, the call was not answered. So um, Amanda then called Filomena Romanelli, which was one of the two Italian trainee lawyers she had been sharing the apartment with and a mixture of italian in a mixture of italian and english she was worried something had happened to kircher excuse me and was going on to the apartment as oh excuse me something that happened she was concerned that something had happened to kircher 
As on going to the apartment earlier that morning, she noticed an open front door, blood Ooh. stains, including a footprint in the bathroom, and Kircher's bedroom door not locked. It was locked. Sorry. I didn't mean not locked. I meant locked. <laughs> okay. Um, so Knox and Solicito, her boyfriend, then went down... Uh, excuse sorry there's like so many italian like long names <laughs> that i'm like trying to shorten before i say it okay so they then went down to their apartment and on getting no answer from kircher tried to break in the bedroom door leaving it noticeably damaged so they tried to like, like knock it down but i don't know they're weak and full of pasta so they couldn't <laughs> but at uh 12 47 p.m knox called her mom and was told to contact the police as it was an emergency. So she called her mom in Seattle. And her mom was like, uh, there's blood stains. I think you should uh, call the police. And so her boyfriend called the Carabinieri, which is one of the police forces in Italy. Uh, and he got through at 12.51 p.m. He was recorded telling them that there had been a break-in and nothing was taken in the emergency was that her door was locked and not answering her phone and there was blood stains. Uh the the people that were talking on the phone um arrived or sorry, they told the police to arrive to inquire about the abandoned phone but because that's what they thought the emergency was about, but <clears throat> um Romanelli arrived and took over explaining the situation to the police who were informed about Kircher's English phone which had been handed and as a result of it ringing when Knox called it. Sorry, I'm really hot. I'm like <laughs> taking off my <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> on discovery of her English phone, they discovered that her English phone had been dumped. And Romanelli demanded that the police force Kircher's bedroom door open. But they didn't think that the circumstances... Um, warranted damaging private property so they wouldn't do it i would say the circumstances would work <coughs> yeah so the bedroom door was kicked in by a friend of romanelli and her body was found on the floor she'd been stabbed and died from exsanguination i had to look it up it just means bleeding out due to neck wounds but i've never exsanguination <laughs> the fancy word for it sorry my mommy's texting me a lot <laughs> okay so the first detectives on the scene were Monica Napoleoni <laughs> and their superior Marco Chiacchiera. Um, These are good. Napoleoni. Uh, she conducted the initial interviews and quiz knocks about her failure to immediately raise the alarm, which was later widely seen as um, a strange feature of her behavior. So suspicious. So according to Knox, Napoleoni was hostile to her from the outset. Chiachiera, the other detective, discounted the signs of the break-in, deeming them clearly faked by the killer. The police were not told the extent of her relationship, the woman who had died with Salenzi, in the initial interviews, which is the boy that she went to the club with. Gotcha. So on November 4th, the same day, Chiachiera was, that's kind of a really cool name, Chiachiera was quoted as saying that someone known to Kircher saying that someone known to Kircher and let into the house by her might be responsible for the murder. So that man, Guede, is believed to have left Perugia that day. Or Perugia, excuse me, where they are. 
So this was like also like the first murder in the town. So like this was a big deal. That's scary. And Knox being like the only non-Italian, you know, is um she's kind of immediately seen as a target. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> so over the following days, Knox was repeatedly interviewed um and seen as someone who might become a witness. She told the police that on November 1st, she received a text from Lumumba, the wor- the man she was working for, advising that her evening waitressing shift had been canceled and that she stayed over at Solicito's apartment, her boyfriend, only to go back to the house she shared with Kircher on the morning the body was discovered. Knox had not provided was not provided with legal counsel as Italian law only mandates the appointment of a lawyer for someone suspected of a crime. Uh, on the night of November 5th, Knox voluntarily went to the police station, although what followed is a matter of dispute. So it's kind of her word against theirs. Though I believe her word. So uh, at trial, Knox testified that she spent hours maintaining her original story and that she had been with Solicito at his flat all night and had no knowledge of the murder, but a group of police would not believe her. Knox said, quote, I wasn't just stressed and pressured, I was manipulated. She testified to being told by the interpreter, quote, probably I didn't remember well because I was traumatized, so I should try to remember something else. She stated, they said they were convinced that I was protecting someone. They were saying, who is it? Who is it? They were saying, here's the message on your telephone. You wanted to meet up with him. You're a stupid liar. Knox also said that a policewoman was saying, come on, come on, remember, and then slap. She hit me. Then come on, come on, and slap. So Knox is pretty much like, she was kept saying the same thing for hours and then finally was like they want me to remember something else Mm -hmm. so i can imagine just like losing it you know what i mean and you're like well after a while you're like am i telling the truth or am i just repeating the same thing you know and like your friend just died yeah you must be really sad about it and like talking about it would be hard and i feel like if someone was like what were you doing last night at 11 i'd be like i don't know yeah yeah your roommate's just murdered like i bet she didn't even think that she was a suspect she's like why would i be a suspect you know yeah so uh said she'd requested a lawyer but told was told it would make things worse for her that she'd go to jail for 30 years oh my god she said she was also not allowed access to food water or the bathroom oh no yeah Sorry, I just scrolled all the way to the top. Imagine having to hold your pee that whole time. Yeah, literally so bad. Uh, um. Like, the worst part about it all, she couldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) No water. Uh, Ficara and policewoman Lorena Zugarini testified that during the interview, Knox was given access to food, water, hot drinks, and the lavatory. They further said that Knox was asked about a lawyer but did not have one and was not hit at any time. So they pretty much just said that she was lying all about it. Hmm. And interviewed firmly but politely is what they said. <laughs> um, under pressure, Knox falsely stated that she had been in the house when Kircher was killed and that she thought the murder was Lamumba. So she like, I think she was just kind of delusional and like said that she was in the house because she'd been saying the same thing over and over for hours. Yeah, they so, probably picked apart, like, a little mistake. Yeah, and then she said that she was in the house when Kircher was killed and that the murderer was Lumumba, who was her boss, who she knew had been serving customers at the bar all night. So she knew that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So Knox, Solicito, her boyfriend, and Lumumba were taken into custody and charged with murder. Her first meeting with legal counsel was on November 11th. 
Chiachiera, who thought the arrests were premature, dropped out of the investigation soon afterward, leaving Napoleoni in charge of major investigation for the first time in her career. So this is like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like how to get your name out there for Napoleoni, you know? Might freak it and become an Italian police officer. <laughs> Jenna Chiachiali. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll have to change my last name. Wurziani. Wurziani. You think it could work? Woodri- War- you think it works? I'll, <laughs> I'll be Wudrigiani. <laughs> Wudrigi Badiri. You sound like Waligi. Waligi. Uh, customers who Lumumba had been serving at the bar the night of the murder gave him an alibi. So it pretty much wasn't. Yeah, that didn't count at all. He was let go. So, but bloodstained fingerprints were found on the bedding under Kircher's body of Guede who had fled to Germany, but was extradited back to Italy. So, Guede, Knox, and Solicido were then charged with committing the murder together. Oh my gosh. On November 30th, a panel of three judges endorsed the charges and ordered Knox and Solicido held in detention pending a trial. There um, doesn't even seem to be, like, evidence, like, actual evidence that they did yeah, it. Yeah, there just isn't decided. any. They're like they found one guy's fingerprints, and then they just said that Knox and her boyfriend did it also. That literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in an interview, Knox said she'd been brainwashed by the police and interrogators into accusing Lumumba and implicating herself. And we'll post a picture on our podcast Instagram at So Conversations Pod. A picture of like the main people in the story so you can get a better There's also documentaries about her and she wrote a book. Mm. So I think maybe more than one book. So Guede fled to Germany shortly after the murder uh, and during... November 19th, 2007, Skype interview with his friend. Guida did not mention Knox or Solicito as being in the house on the night of the murder. Later, his account changed and he indirectly implicated them in the murder, which he denied involvement in. So, eh, he's all over the place. He was arrested in Germany on November 20th, uh, then extradited to Italy on December 6th. Guida opted to be in his trial in a special fast-track procedure by Judge... Blah, 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 blah. Judge Judy? Yes. Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy Tribbiani. Judge Judy. <laughs> he was not charged with having a knife. He did not testify and was not questioned about his statements, which had altered from his original version. So she's being pressured like crazy and like tortured, and he's changing his story, and they're not questioning him, even though they found his fingerprints, and also he fled. This makes sense. Yeah. So, Guede was convicted of murder, but the official judge's report on the conviction specified that he had not had a knife or stabbed the victim or stolen any of her possessions. Uh, the judge found that Guede must have had an accomplice to give him support to later persecute or so prosecute Knox. They're like, there wasn't enough evidence, so someone else must have helped him. Yeah. I'm like, if there wasn't evidence of someone else help, They're like, he was clearly there, but... He didn't have a knife on him when we found him in Germany. So it must not have been him. He didn't bring it with him when he fled. <laughs> he didn't keep the murder weapon on him, so it must not be. I'm like, are you dumb? Yeah. it's. I was like reading this. I was like, it's. she's so <laughs> obviously innocent. It's insane. <coughs> yeah. So um, the judges reasoned that Guede would not have faked the burglary because it would have pointed to him in view of his er- own earlier break-ins. So he was like, no, he had a couple ticks on his record. Mm. 
Despite Guede saying that Kircher had led him into the house through the entry door, the judges decided against the possibility of Guede's having gotten in by simply knocking on the door because they thought that Kircher would not have opened the cottage door to him, although she knew who he was. So they're saying, like, she would have never opened the door to him, so it must have been someone she knew really well, like her roommate, you know? That's what they're saying, even though he said, she let me in. <laughs> they're like, you're lying. And also, how would they know that she wouldn't let them in? They don't yeah. know her. And exactly. Her and she knew him. Yeah. They had, like, mutual friends, and they had, like, gone to the clubs together. Whatever. In his original account, Guede had said that Kircher's confrontation with her killer had started in the entry to the house. One legal commentator on the case thought that insufficient consideration had been given to the possibility that Guede had called at the house on some pretext while Kircher was alone there. Uh, murdered after she opened the door to him and faked a burglary to cover his tracks. So, that's what this guy's saying, that they didn't give enough consideration that it was just him. You know, she yeah. opened the door and maybe he attacked her right when she opened it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Faked the burglary after. On October 8th, Guede was found guilty of sexual assault and murder of Kircher and sentenced to 30 years in prison. But his prison sentence is ultimately reduced to 16 years. Literally, I don't understand how that happens, like, around the world in law, like, in in judicial systems. I'm like, yeah. how do you just reduce someone's sentence who raped and murdered someone? Yeah, I was like, to half the time. And also, 30 years is not enough. If you are given a sentence, you should have to fulfill that sentence. It's like, they should That's should've... what you were... A... Yeah. You should, it, it, also, 30 years is not long enough. No. Because then he gets out when he's like, because I don't know, I assume he's in like his 20s or something like that. Yeah. Because she was 20. Um, Amanda was. It's like, then he's get out when he's 50. And then he'll be a yeah. freaky old guy who hasn't been able to do anything. And then he'll just murder more people. You're exactly. Like, what the heck? It's like surprising to me too, because this is like, there hadn't really been murder there. So you'd think that they'd be extra hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd be like, what? This never happens life but they're like nah 15 years that's insane. a decade and a half so in 2009 knox and solicito pled not guilty at the court on charges of murder sexual assault and carrying a knife which guede had not been charged with he was just charged with sexual assault and murder um simulating a burglary and theft of 300 euros two credit cards and two mobile phones which have been taken from the apartment uh, according to the prosecution, Knox, Knox's first call on November 2nd to Kircher's English phone was to determine if Kircher's phone had been found. So they're trying to say that like she was just calling to see if she needed to dump the phones, pretty much. Or if someone had found them. Yeah, whatever. Solicito, they said that Solicito tried to break in the bedroom door because after he and Knox locked it behind them, they realized they left something in that might incriminate them. So saying that they murdered her, left her bedroom, locked the door, and then realized they forgot something and tried to break back in. Hmm. So Knox has called her mother in Seattle. A quarter of an hour before the discovery of the body was said by prosecutors to show that Knox was acting as if something serious might have happened before the point in time when an innocent person would have such concern. So saying if she was innocent, then she wouldn't have been so concerned and to mm. call her mom. But you there can't. was a bloodstained <laughs> footprint. Yeah, that's not that. 
Also, your friend died. You're allowed to call your mom. And her, yeah, and her bedroom door was locked from the inside, and there was a bloodstained footprint, and it looked like someone had broken. You would be concerned. Yeah, that's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I call my mom like, I got a parking ticket. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, The prosecution witness, who was a homeless man named Antonio Curatolo... (laughs) said that Knox and Solicito were in a nearby square on the night of the murder. So they're using a homeless man as their witness to prosecute them. Uh, Prosecutors advanced a single piece of forensic evidence linking Solicito to Kircher's bedroom where the murder might have taken place. Fragments of his DNA on her bra clasp. So Julia Bongiorno... Doesn't Bonjourno mean good morning? Honestly, if I'm wrong. would I know that? Julia, good morning. Uh, leading Solicito's defense question how Solicito's DNA could have gotten on the small metal clasp of the bra, but not the fabric. Wait, wait. Sorry. Okay. Whoa. So she's pretty much saying, how could he get his DNA on the hook without touching any other part of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. So, Bonjourno asked, the back of the, the back strap of the bra had multiple traces of DNA belonging to Guede. According to the prosecutor's reconstruction, this is what they are claiming happened. Knox had attacked Kircher in her bedroom, repeatedly banged her head against the wall, oh forcibly gosh. held her face, and tried to strangle her, is what they said Amanda did. They said Guede, Knox, and Solicito had removed her jeans and held her down while Guede sexually assaulted her. Why would Knox do that? That literally doesn't make sense. Then they said that Knox had cut her with a knife before inflicting a fatal stab wound, then faked the burglary. Which is, like, not to, like, bring gender into this, but, like, as a woman and a roommate, I feel like, how could you hold down another woman? You know? Yeah. That's that's not, I feel like that's not even possible. You know what I mean? Unless you're, like, there's something wrong with you mentally. Yeah, which there's no evidence to that. Like, she has any mental illness or disabilities. Yeah. So, that just does, that's, like, not even, yeah, I don't know. That's very, uh... Far-fetched. Yeah. I'm like, no, you couldn't do that to your friend. No. Let alone a strange, anyone. Yeah. No one. doesn't make sense. These Italians are heckin' dumb. Yeah. Yeah, why would they help? Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Let's move on past the sad part. Pressing new buttons on our LED lights. <laughs> the judge pointedly questioned Knox about a number of details, especially concerning her phone calls to her mother. There was also, um, I guess, like, after the body had been found, there was, like, press and people there, and they said that, like, Knox was hugging her boyfriend, and, like, they kissed, and they were saying that they were, like, too affectionate and that she should have been, like, crying and stuff and they're like i don't know they she was like printed in the media as like a slut and stuff because she was like with this italian guy and they like kissed i'm like she's probably just sad and like literally (laughs) distraught yeah comfort from like the one other person that she knows you know what i mean but like all the italians think that she's guilty that's why like our neighbors live in italy and there we were talking about it and she was like Literally everyone thinks she's guilty over there. I'm like, what? It's 
because she's the non-Italian. Yeah. And I think that what what's Q what's his name Qdoba? Guede. Yeah. I don't know why I think Qdoba. Qdoba. Like that better. But um. I think he, like, knew that he'd be able to pin it on Amanda because the Italians wouldn't assume it was him. Yeah. Because she's, like, the one person that's not Italian in the yeah. town. It's pretty crazy. So the defense suggested that Guido is a lone killer who had murdered Kircher after breaking in. Knox lawyers pointed out that, th- that no shoe prints, clothing fibers, hair, fingerprints, skin cells, or DNA of Knox's were found on the body or her clothes, handbag, or anywhere else in her bedroom. There was no sign that Knox was in the bedroom at all or had touched her. Can't argue with straight facts. Which, even if she had, like, her DNA in her bedroom, they lived together. (laughs) So, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The prosecution alleged that all forensic traces in the room would have incriminated a Knox had been wiped away by her in solicito. So, they're saying that Knox just cleared all of her DNA. Knox's lawyer said that it had been impossible to selectively move her traces and left all of Guede's. How would she have known where Guede's DNA is and hers isn't? You know what I mean? I don't yeah, it know. It doesn't make sense. Um, uh, they emphasize that Guede's shoe prints, fingerprints, and DNA were found in Kircher's bedroom. <laughs> Guede's DNA was on the strap of her bra, which had been torn off, and his DNA was also found on a swab from her body. Guede's blood palm print was on a pillow that had been placed under her hips. Uh, Guede's DNA mixed with Kircher's was left on the sleeve of her bloody sweatshirt and in bloodstains inside her shoulder bag, from which 300 euros and credit cards had been stolen. Both sets of defense lawyers requested the judges to order independent reviews of the evidence, including DNA and the compatibility of wounds with the alleged murder weapon, but the request was denied. God knows why. What the heck? In final pleas to the court, Solicito's lawyer described Knox as a weak and fragile girl who had been duped by the police. So her boyfriend's lawyers said that about her. So Knox's lawyer pointed to text messages text messages between Knox and Kircher showing that they had been friends. Yeah. So on December 5th, 2009, Knox, who by then was 22, uh, was convicted on charges of faking a break-in uh, sexual violence and murder and was sentenced to 26 years imprisonment solicito was sentenced to 25 years her boyfriend in italy uh, opinion was not generally favorable towards knox and an italian jurist remarked this is the simplest and fairest criminal trial one could possibly think of in terms of evidence that literally what doesn't make evidence? sense because what evidence there's no evidence from her literally they just wanted her to be guilty they skewed the evidence around, the, like, the answer, you know, of her being guilty. Um, like, well, they, we found one of her hairs in her room, which they didn't. Even yeah. If they did, they would say they live together. That's yeah. why they have DNA. Exactly. Around. Sorry we shared clothes. Yeah. Yeah. In the United States, the verdict was widely, or widely viewed as a miscarriage of justice. American lawyers expressed concerns about pretrial publicity and statements excluded from the murder case being allowed for contemporary civil suit heard by the same jury. A number of U.S. experts spoke out against DNA evidence used by the prosecution. According to consultant Gregory, Gregory, <laughs> the Italian forensic police could not replicate the key result, uh, claimed to have successfully identified DNA at levels below those an American laboratory would attempt to analyze. 
and never supplied validation of their methods. Uh, Knox was indicted in 2010 on charge of defamation against the police for saying she had been struck across her head during the interview in which incriminated herself. So she pretty much was like, the police were abusing me and they, they charged her for lying about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd be like, frick you, Emily. I, I was like, what? Uh, in May 2011, Gregory director of Idaho Innocence Project, a nonprofit investigative organization dedicated to providing the innocence of wrongly convicted people, said forensic results from the crime scene pointed to Guede as the killer and having acted on his own. Yeah. Thank you, Idaho. We appreciate you and your potatoes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a picture. You can see her. She's really pretty. Mm-hmm. But um, that's in October third 2011 when she was leaving the perugia prison also imagine being in a prison in another country that sounds terrifying and not yeah and America's everyone thinking have, like, you're guilty and stuff. everyone thinking you're guilty of murder yeah and just not knowing the language yeah that'd be hard uh so the italian court verdict of guilty is not a definitive conviction uh what's in effect what is in effect a new trial in the other I don't know these court. It's like Corta Diasie. So I don't know. I'm just going to call it the Italian court. Okay. So it's like the second trial, like up to the higher court. So like they just moved it up to a more special people. <laughs> uh, so the appeal or second grade trial began on November 10th. Excuse me, November 2010. A court ordered review of the contested DNA evidence by independent experts noted numerous basic errors in the gathering and analysis of evidence and concluded that no evidential trace of Kirch's DNA had been found on the alleged murder weapon, Hmm. which police had found in Solicito's kitchen. So they were like, there's none of the victim's DNA on the murder weapon. How is that? Because they just chose a random kitchen knife from the boyfriend's apartment? They're literally so dumb. Literally. Uh, the review found the forensic police examination excuse me, uh, showed evidence of multiple males' DNA fragments on the bra clasp, which had been lost on the floor for 47 days. <laughs> so now they're like, this isn't really a valid uh, piece of evidence because now there's mel- multiple DNA fragments on it from it being lost. That's literally stupid. Yeah. The court-appointed expert testified the context strongly suggested contamination. Yeah. So, on November 3rd, 2011, Knox and Solicito were found not guilty of murder. Yay. Um, During an official statement giving on the grounds for acquittals, uh... Knox said that she had been confused by the interviews of obsessive duration in a language she was still learning. Mm. Yeah, so she's being interrogated in Italian. (laughs) That'd be terrifying. Yeah. And the forensic evidence did not support the idea that Knox and Solicito had been present there. It was emphasized that Knox's first call raised alarm and brought the police to the house, which made the prosecution's assertion that she had been trying to delay the discovery of the body. Which makes no sense. No. Her and Solicito's accounts failing to completely match did not constitute evidence that they were given a false alibi. So, like, they didn't 
completely tell the same story. It's called perspective. Discounting. <laughs> That's uh, when you know a story is true when you don't tell the exact same story. But it's like the same thing. Yeah, but like saying it a different Not way. Not word for word. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Because like, they're lying. They didn't... Shut up. Go eat your bread and leave us alone. Yeah. So they pretty much like said that the homeless man's um, information was not valid because <laughs> they found that he was also a heroin addict. <laughs> and they had no evidence of any phone calls or texts between Knox, Solicito, and Guede. So like none of them, all three of them haven't been talking or like planning anything. So the judges concluded that there was a material non-existence of evidence to support guilty verdicts. That's not how that works. Yeah, they just said there, was, there wasn't enough evidence to support them being guilty, is what oh. the judges said. Okay. I thought you said there was, like, existence of evidence that, like, you couldn't see for a second. No. Like, literally, He's, how is that he, said, he called it, quote, material non-existence, which oh, is just a strange gotcha. sentence. Uh, the fault, false SU accusation accusation <laughs> formerly known as accusation we now call it accusation good uh the false accusation conviction in relation to her employer was upheld and judge the judge imposed a three-year sentence although this was normal being less than knox had already served Ooh, we had the same sniffle at the same time oh she's immediately <laughs> released and turned to her seattle home so finally yeah how many years later was that i think she had been in jail for four years oh my gosh that's insane and she did literally nothing yeah so because it's saying like talking about my mom like watched a bunch of movies about it and she said she i was like trying to do all the math in here and then i was like oh that's a lot but he was like the judge gave her a three-year sentence but she had already served more than that so it didn't really yeah matter so she came home to seattle um she wrote a letter to the secretary general of italy uh the day after regaining her freedom uh, she said to hold my hand and offer support and respect to the obstacles and the controversy there were italians there was the italy usa foundation and many others that shared my pain and helped me survive with hope i'm eternally grateful for their caring hospitality and their courageous commitment to those that wrote me, that defended me, that stood by me, that prayed for me, I'm forever grateful to you. Aww. On March 26, 2003, Italy's highest court, the Supreme Court of Cassation? Maybe. Cassation. No, <laughs> I don't know. The Supreme Court set aside the acquittals of uh, the case that was on the second level trial on the grounds that it had gone beyond the limit of the first. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to, like, explain this without reading it. But, like, the Supreme Court said that it had gone, okay, that the first court had not ordered sufficient DNA tests and was failing to give weight to the evidence. Okay. So the Supreme Court was like, we need to open this case again. This is in 2013 after she'd oh been out God. for two years. Yeah. I'd say, I, I, I'm a hood out. <laughs> yeah. I'd go to Germany like the other dude did. Yeah. Except he was guilty of murder, so yeah, was bad. They were like, you guys didn't examine the evidence enough. <laughs> Let's take this back. So a retrial was ordered, and Knox was represented but stayed in the United States. She's like, F Italy. It, you for know? sure. No, anytime someone brings up, like, just go back from Italy for vacation. She's like, oh, you want to hear about Italy? <laughs> she, she like, about my experience? smells pizza and throws up in her mouth. 
vows to never eat garlic again. <laughs> um, Judge Nancini presided at the retrial and granted prosecution requests for analysis of previously unexamined DNA sample found on a kitchen knife of solicitos, which the prosecution alleged was the murder weapon. They're like, we just want to test the knife again. Just to be sure. Yeah. Uh, the sample was tested and no DNA belonging to Kircher was found again. So Kircher was the victim and yeah. they didn't find her DNA the second time either. Uh, on January 30th, 2014, Knox and Solicito were found guilty. Oh, no. In their written explanations, the judges emphasized Guede's fast-tracked verdict report was a judicial reference point establishing that he had not acted alone. So they're saying Guede pretty much confirmed that they're guilty. Uh, the verdict... Because he would never lie. <laughs> the verdict report said that there must have been a cleanup to remove traces of Knox from the house while leaving Guede's. How would you do that? Tell me. Uh, the report said know. that there had been no burglary and the signs of... And that the signs of one were staged. So someone staged the burglary. Sorry, I dropped my keys. Uh, the report said that there had been... Oh, I just said that. Uh, they did not take into consideration the possibility of Guede being responsible for staging a break-in. You can't blame It's like them. going back. That okay. would make me so upset. Yeah, so although part of the defense... Oh... Sorry, I'm not going to read this part. This part's boring. You know in, like, the Princess Protection Program, how they get, you know that movie? That Disney movie? Yeah. How they get new identities? I think that's what Amanda should do. <laughs> It'd be so hard. I know. People that have to have new identities and they have to leave behind everyone yeah. they love. Oh, my gosh. And everyone knows who she is. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be, like, Monica Lewinsky trying to get a new identity. It's like, exactly. Except I have no idea what she looks like. I can only Amanda think of Monica Knox from Friends. Or Monica Lewinsky. can only think of Monica from Friends. Yeah. I, I listened to an interview with Monica Lewinsky. It was really interesting. She was like, I was kind of really screwed over. She was like, we were in a relationship. And then he told everyone in the world that he didn't know who I was. And I was like, that's actually so sad. You know, when you mm -hmm. think about it. Besides the whole having an affair with the president part. You know? When he's married, yeah. It's kind of a scandal. Olivia Pope move. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have not watched Scandal in a fat minute. I but I need to. Show. Amanda Pope. Amanda? Nope. Yeah. Olivia Pope. Yeah. Literally, her fashion. Ugh, the white. Incredible. The white trench coat. Incredible. Every time I have, like, popcorn and chocolate, a glass of wine, I'm like, Olivia Pope, who? Oh, my gosh. She's obsessed with wine. I need yeah. to rewatch that. I've not seen that in so long. Yeah, that's actually a really good show. Okay, so on March 27, 2015, there was an ultimate appeal by Knox and Solicito, uh, heard by the Supreme Court. It ruled that the case had no foundation. So it was acquitting them of murder. So this, this has been going on for years. It's now 2015. Uh, her defamation conviction was upheld, but the three-year sentence was deemed served as the time she had already spent in prison. So they were like, we did give you three years, but you already were in jail for longer than that, so it's fine. Well, that, that's nice of them. Yeah, for defamation because they said she lied about being hit by the police. Rather than merely declaring that there are errors in the earlier court cases um, or that there's not enough to convict, the court ruled that Knox and Solicito were innocent of involvement in the murder. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
They got it right for the second time. Yeah. After a lot of mistakes. Uh, the court published the report on the acquittal, citing, quote, glaring errors, quote, investigative amnesia, and, quote, guilty omissions. There was a five-judge panel that said that the prosecutors who won the original murder conviction proved, failed to prove a whole truth to back up the scenario that Knox and Solicito killed Kircher. Yeah. Duh. They also stated that there was uh, sensational failures in the investigation and that the lower court had been guilty of culpable omissions. <gasps> ah! Our lights are really going epilepsy. Jenna goes, they're going schizophrenic. <laughs> Our lights are like blinking early and she goes, they're going schizophrenic. Sorry. Might be a little unsensitive. <gasps> okay. That like stresses me out. Culpable omissions. I can't think Smart people words. Okay, uh, on January 24th, 2019. <laughs> Can you do it? I yeah. literally can't stop it. It's stressing me out. <laughs> okay, so on January 24th, 2019, the European, European Supreme Court of Human Rights ordered Italy to pay compensation to Knox for violating her rights. In the hours after her arrest, they paid Facts. her uh, fourteen or excuse me, eighteen thousand four hundred euros, which is about twenty thousand eight hundred euros at the time. I thought they were gonna say eighteen million, and I was like, "That's suitable. eighteen million dollars." No, just eight. She got twenty thousand dollars. That's, That's not like enough. not for three years in jail for something you didn't do. Yeah, for not providing her with a lawyer or a competent interpreter while she was held in custody. Big thumbs down from Jenna here. I'll show you a picture. But she lives in Seattle. Now? I think so. She's just vibing. Kind of cool. A man, I wrote a manada. A manada. Where have you a been manada. in Italy, friend? She's married. Sophie. Where in Italy? Mm-hmm. Have you been? Um, Rome, Florence. I've never been to Perugia, wherever she is. Um, so have you even been? Yeah, I went to the Cinque Terre, which is like those little bright colored towns that look like the like Windows desktop. You know, you see mm-hmm. them. Um, Venice and Verona, and then like a cute something like other ones. We went for like a day, but I haven't been to like Milan or blah blah blah. Okay, here's um. Here's Amanda Knox, and that's her friend. Mm. She looks like a child actor, and I can't explain it. Yeah. Like a grown-up child actor. She does. Is that the story of Amanda Knox? That is the story of Amanda Knox. Very interesting. And the murder of Meredith Kircher. Wowza. It's pretty intense. I can't imagine being like tried for a crime in a country where you don't speak their language yeah and you didn't do it yeah you didn't even do it i feel like it's pretty obvious that she did it you know what i mean and the and guido was like yeah i did it (laughs) and they were like no i bet he's lying like her i bet he's lying about the being alone part (laughs) i bet he had help right i'm like how did y'all come to these conclusions yeah they were, like, f- trying to find a way to 
get her in trouble. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's it, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll post pictures of Amanda Knox and Perugia. Everything. On the pod account, check it out at Seal Conversations Pod. And there's lots of documentaries with her. It's really interesting. She's got to be messed up, though. That was like nine years of her life. Yeah. Which is her insane. 20s. Mm-hmm. Tainted. Anyway, uh, thanks, folks, for tuning in always. And make sure to not go to Italy, live in an apartment <laughs> with other Italians, and accidentally get tried for murder when you didn't do it. Exactly. Don't eat the pasta. And don't eat the knife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But remember to wipe all of your DNA, but leave the DNA of the other guy, because that makes sense. I still don't understand how you do that. I don't get it. You can't even see DNA. I can. Can you? I'm like, you guys can't? (laughs) You just like see. What are these little dots everywhere? (laughs) The swirls, like those in biology. You're like, A, T, C. What's it? Isn't it? Are they letters like A, uh, A, C, T, G? Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> scarred me. Anyway. Um, have a sick oh, week. Oh, yeah. Go to uh, follow us on the Instagram. So your conversation pod. We'll post lots of pictures. Always. Always. Uh, raise five stars and leave a comment for a sticker. Do it. There's stickers everywhere. You've probably seen them around. Probably they're on everyone's things and go to therapy don't forget it and don't forget to eat your cereal too and that's it okay thanks for listening bye bye